When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. It ain't the left side or the right side. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of On the Fin Side. This is Paul Pickens Jr., and today I'll be sitting down with NFL agent Chris Martin of OTG Sports Management. Make sure you follow our show on YouTube, Spreaker, iTunes, and Stitcher, as well as on Facebook and Twitter. Chris, we appreciate you taking the time to join the show today. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing great. No worries. How are you? I'm doing good. So, Chris, you wear a lot of hats. I know the one that a lot of folks that are listening to this show are going to be most interested in is being an NFL agent. But you're also the CEO and founder of OTG Sports Management. I know you got started with On The Go Sports, and you also have a nonprofit scoring for youth. Tell us a little bit about your background. I know you also played for the Bears as well. Yeah, I got a cup of coffee with the Bears. Um, <laughs> make make that tea in my case because I don't drink coffee. But uh, I was there briefly, you know, kind of like a lot of players, sort of thinking you're going to play forever. And then I got I got hurt playing down in the Superdome, 1996, uh, running down on that old bad turf as you can remember down there, and mm-hmm. uh, tore my ACL and MCL. So that that curtailed my career. Uh, but I was blessed, very fortunate. I came to the Bears out of Northwestern. We were coming off of the Big Ten Championship and uh, in, in Rose Bowl year that year, 95 team, which still has a special place in my heart. So Chicago is a great, great stop for me. I, I didn't play as long as, as I'd have liked to, but I learned a lot of valuable lessons and made some great relationships. You mentioned the injury that you had down on, on the turf at the Superdome and, and the way that that shortened your career. Do you use that when you when you work with some of these young clients, especially the draft prospects, as a way to convey setting up for life after football? I know when I looked at, at your website and looked into OTG Sports, you've got a lot of almost enriching quality of life stuff out there as opposed to just like, hey, we're going to get you in there, we're going to get you that contract. Do you use that for that or... Yeah, that that's a fantastic observation. Uh, part of what I talk to these guys about when I sit on their couches is that I can empathize with players because I know what it's like to be injured, to have a serious injury. I know what it's like to be cut. You know, I was cut from the Bears. And so I, I think players really want that connection. They want to know that somebody's going to be in the boat with them and, and it's not going to get out. Because the reality is not always going to be 90 degrees and sunny. And so they want someone that's going to have their back through it all. And I think that's where I really have a value proposition because I can explain that. I can say, look, I was able to make the turn into a very successful career after a shortened football career because these are the things that I was doing while I was playing. I I worked at internships in downtown Chicago. I got some real-life experience. And so when my football playing days were over, I was able to make the turn and transition uh, into a good gig. And and that's, that's 
that's really a strong message and a compelling one to deliver to these kids. And I think it's one that resonates with them. For our listeners out there who may be interested in becoming an NFL agent at some point in their career, what advice would you give to those folks in terms of how to get there? Don't watch ballers. Um, <laughs> go beyond Jerry Maguire and, uh, you know, which is what everyone thinks an agent is. And, you know, I say that jokingly because I do watch ballers. I think it's a good show. But the reality is, is that it's, it's a very tough business. The, the margins are thin from an economic standpoint. But if it's something that you're passionate about, as I am, I think you can make a great career out of it. I think what helped me is that I had a, a bit of a financial background. I worked at one of the top 50 brokerages in the world. I ran their lawyer's division. We did E&O malpractice insurance. So that's kind of where I cut my teeth and got to understand deal structuring, building relationships, things that uh, that you need in the agent world. I combined that with the passion of playing and what I know the most about, which is football. And I, and I felt like, you know, it was kind of a light bulb moment. So that's how I got into it. It is a tough business if you're starting from ground zero, like we did, where we didn't, I didn't have clients. I didn't, I didn't leave a firm and bring a book of business. I sort of started from the very first player. And um, I think when you, you take that route, it can be a little more strenuous and take a little longer to get going. But fortunately for us, we stayed the course. And as I tell my players all the time, trust the process. We did that. We kept going. And now I think we're really starting to hit stride. We're getting the right players on board that match with our values and our beliefs and how we do things. And I think that's really been a big asset towards our success. How many actual active NFL players do you guys currently have on your client roster? I think we're just short of 20. And then we have a few guys up in the CFL that, that have had NFL careers and they're trying to get back to the NFL. And I believe you have 11 prospects lined up for the upcoming draft? Yes, I think that's the number if you include the specialists for sure. Um, yeah, that, that's about where we're at. As you know, we're, we're predominantly a Dolphins-themed show, even though we do cover the rest of the NFL. I have to ask you this, and, and I know you, you may or may not be able to answer, but have, have you had contact with the Dolphins or from the Dolphins in regard to any of your clients in, in the upcoming draft? I have. Uh, as you can imagine, Obi Melifanu, our safety, has talked with the majority of, of teams, so that should come as no surprise, especially the teams that are in the market for safeties, like Miami. He has 10 visits set up, so he's going to get a lot of air miles. And, uh, you know, Miami, I, I like what they're doing. I'm, I'm a big fan of Adam Gase. Obviously, I got a chance to see him up close here in Chicago and being a former Bear. I think he has a beautiful mind offensively, and I think Miami could be a great place. I, I like what they're doing down there. You know, obviously losing Vance Joseph, I'm a fan of his as well, but I think they're, they're on an upward trajectory. So, yes, we have had some conversations. So tell us a little bit about some of your other prospects you have for the upcoming draft. Sure, we got a, a monster of a man, offensive tackle out of Villanova. His name's Brad Seaton. He's six foot forever, about 330 pounds, long arms, athletic, can bend. He's worked out already for a handful of teams. He's got visits on the calendar as well. I think he's probably going to be a fourth or fifth round type of player. You know, just has a high ceiling, getting compared a lot to Zach Streif with the Saints, Austin Howard, I've heard. So he's getting a lot of interest. The other guy that's very intriguing is Patrick Gamble. He's an he's a interior defensive lineman out of Georgia Tech. Big guy that's about 6'5", 295, coming off of his best year last year at Georgia Tech. He's battled a little injury. He had a labrum surgery. So that is 
that has been something he's had to work through. But there's a lot of teams that are lathered up because it's just hard to find guys that are that big and that long that can play inside uh, at DT. So I think he has a chance to get drafted late. Then we have some guys that I really love that may not get all the attention as some of the higher-ups, but you know, guys like Sean Falliard, linebacker out of Northern Illinois, He's kind of a seek-and-destroy linebacker, very productive college player. I think he's going to have a good opportunity to make somebody's team as a linebacker and special teams type of guy. We got a kicker out of Texas Southern, Eric Medina, who has as strong a leg as anyone in the draft. I think he's like the third-rated kicker. So as you can see, we, we try to diversify you know, our roster. A lot of people ask me if I just target defensive backs because obviously that's what I played and know the most about. But really, we, we, want, we want great players, and, and above that, Paul, we want great character guys. That that means a lot. It's not just rhetoric for me. Being a former player sitting there and, and now running my own company, you know, you you want character guys. Character matters. It may not matter to all agencies, but for our football family here at OTG, and I tell my staff this all the time, that is a pressing priority for us. You know, we're going to get guys with integrity that have values and that have high character. I'm going to ask you, and, and I'm going to separate this question because uh, we've talked about this. Obi definitely catapulted up in the months after the season ended, leading up to the draft. It's You know personally, he's a guy that I've watched for years and, and, and pointed at as a, as a guy that has first-round talent, but probably sure. would have gone in the third or fourth round based on the hype out there, based on some of the things that happened with Connecticut itself as a team, not Obi specifically. When, when you have a player that catapults up the draft charts the way Obi has, I don't think there's any faster rising player in, the, in this upcoming draft. How does that change the process for you, and how do you prep a player like Obi through that? Well, it starts first off with what I've alluded to earlier when I said trust the process. You know, I sat down with Obi you know, initially, and I, and I saw all the ability on tape. I went to three or four of his games this year. I've studied a lot of his tape. Uh, I saw the athlete jump off the screen when you watch him. I saw the, the traits. I saw the size, the speed. So you know he had it all there. What I liked is the kid is a grinder. And so when he came in, we gave him a very clear roadmap and, you know, somewhat scientific that said, look, this is, this is what we do with our guys. We're going to lay this thing out for you. We're going to send you down to ASPI, where we feel like has some of the top trainers in the business with Yo Murphy and his staff there. You're going to train with Corey Ivey, who's been a safety in the league for a long time. You know, he's played special teams. He knows how to get it done. He's going to teach you the little things, the detail. And so we mapped it all out for Obi. and to the kid's credit, he embraced the entire thing. He got there early. He stayed there late. You know, it means a lot to this kid to be great, not to just get drafted, not to just play in the NFL. He wants to be great, and I think that's the biggest difference. A lot of that is just, you know, putting that that blueprint down, helping to manage his expectations, you know, being there for him and getting him to focus on the details, the little things. That's what I always did over and over and reminded him. And, you know, there, there there's no secret to it. He went and worked his tail off, and, and I he's going to be rewarded for it on April 27th. This kid's on a meteoric rise. I think that, you know, he's checked all the boxes, which I told him he had to do, you know, starting with the senior bowl, then going to the combine, then finish it off with the, with the pro day. So I think that this kid's going to go on the first round and uh, he's going to make a team very happy. And then ultimately he has a chance, and I've talked to scouts about this over and over, this kid has a composition to be a perennial pro bowler. He's that good. I obviously agree with you. 
and I know he's a great kid. The other side of that coin, I know we talked about Brad being a fourth or fifth round pick, Pat Gamble probably being a late round pick. All of these players that are in this NFL draft, and you know this firsthand, they are essentially the best of the best from the college ranks. They're used mm-hmm. to being the best of the best from the college ranks. How do you prep a player for, say, being a fourth or fifth round pick, being that undrafted player and going to one of these teams? Because I know it's got to be a little bit of an ego shift, even though a lot of really talented players have come from those late rounds, including some perennial all pros and pro bowlers. Well, that's, a, that's another great question, and, that, and that's where, again, I think I can empathize because in 1995 when I played, I didn't give up a touchdown my senior year, and that's going up against Keyshawn Johnson, Bobby Ingram, you know, Amani Toomer. Those are some very good wide receivers. I was ranked number three going in as a corner going into the NFL draft, and I didn't get drafted. And so it was a reality check for me. Did it hurt? Absolutely. Not only me, but my family, my parents parents who were sitting there on draft day. So I think my job is to really help manage the expectations. I don't give these guys pie in the sky. I keep it 100 with them. I I give them all the real feedback that I get, good and bad. And you try to help manage that process. I mean, you know, it's very subjective. So these guys can all be looking at the same thing and see something totally different. So I think that's where communication is key and being real and having a great line of communication with your clients and being able to tell them every step of the way, this is what we're thinking is going to happen. This is what we believe is going to happen, but it's not 100% guarantee. And so you just got to be able to to adjust. And I always tell my guys this, Paul, I, I say that the comfort is that, you know, it's not a matter of if it's going to happen, just when it's going to happen. And I think that takes a lot of the edge off of these guys. I completely agree with you there. One of the guys I want to ask you real quick about, a guy that we've actually spoken to and we have an interview up with, Kent Taylor. Uh, I know he's absolutely a completely athletic specimen. I know he had a great high school career, was ranked number one in the nation coming out. One of the things he said to us was, you can't cheat the grind, which I I think is a great saying, and I I already told him I'm going to use a lot more often. Um, What can you tell us about him? Because I know... When, when you take a quick glance at, at his information, you look and you see he's basically played for three schools in college, kind of transferred around based on the scenario. I know we asked him about that. What would you tell our listeners about him? Because he's somewhat of an undiscovered talent at this point based on all, that, all that's happened throughout his college career. Undiscovered talent, but a phenomenal athlete that comes from remarkable DNA. His dad, Rob Taylor, the Northwestern former player and graduate, Go Cats, uh, obviously my alma mater. So he played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as an offensive lineman for five-plus years. He's a great player in Tampa Bay. So he comes from great genes. That being said, this guy has things that you just can't teach. You know, he's 6'5", 245. He ran 4'5", at his pro day. So all of a sudden, if you're an offensive coordinator sitting there, and especially in today's game where we like to throw the ball all over the lot, you know that this guy's going to be a matchup nightmare working against linebackers, especially in the past game. So I could see him being a guy that's going to hurt you in the seams and put a lot of stress on your defense. And that's what I like about him. He's, he has phenomenal hands, great ball skills. He goes up, high points the ball, he'll pluck it out of the air, and he's very detailed and precise in his route running. And I think nowadays, more than ever, with the way the league's shaped up, he's going to have a great home because these tight ends are so athletic these days, and they just, they're a matchup problem for guys on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, he's a hardworking kid. I love the don't cheat the grind. You know, you, that, that's what he does. I mean, he works hard. He gets after it. 
the rub to him will be ultimately is, you know, and this is a question that we take head on, and I've, I've already talked to him about, we huddled up, is people are going to say, scouts are going to say, well, why did you go to different schools? There's, you know, scouts get a little bit nervous about guys that, that transfer schools. And in his particular case, you know, he was he was recruited by a coach that ended up moving, uh, who he had the primary primary relationship with, and I think that was a big factor. But this is a kid that I think has the chance to be great. Um, he has to improve in his block, and he knows that, so he doesn't hide from that. But I think he is he can be a very very good tight end at the next level, especially a pass catching one. One thing I liked that I heard from him when we spoke to him was he actually said the words that you almost never hear a tight end say these days, which were, I like to block people, which you don't hear that from any of the, the new generation of tight ends or very few of them. So that was definitely an enjoyable thing to hear for me. A couple last quick questions for you here, Chris. I appreciate the time that you've given us today. Is there anything out there? Where can folks find you? And is there anything else you want to promote? I know you've got the nonprofit. I know... You've got the on-the-go sports outside of on-the-go or OTG Sports Management. Yeah, well, you know, you can just go on www.otgsport.com, and that talks about our management side of the house, which is the sports agency. Uh, then we have OTG Sports, Inc., which does a lot of camps and clinics, kind of what you referenced, Paul. Very big in the Chicagoland area. We do a lot of camps back at home where I grew up in Tampa area. Then we have Scoring for Youth, which is our nonprofit where we go back and we'll do free camps and clinics for kids in the inner city. So that's something that we that we love. Being a Tampa Jesuit, you know, you, you start you learn that at Pluribus Unum at an early age. So we try to to help our guys and, 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 and have civic responsibility and give back in the community where we can. And uh we're we're enjoying it, man. I, I, I tell our staff we don't we don't wake up wanting to be second in anything we do. We get after it every day. We're young. We're hungry. We know we have to compete uh, in order to beat these large firms. They go after these players that we compete against. You know, I love it. We have fun. We go to work with a smile. We leave with a smile. Well, if there's anything that we can ever do from, from, from our show to help you guys out, always feel free to reach out. I know you've got our contact information. Last question for you here. This is one that, whether it's Tom Garfinkel, whether it's Dolphins legends like John Offerdahl and Sam Madison, whether it's current players, whether it's draft prospects, no one gets away without answering this at least once. You pull up to a red light. You've got your windows down. You've got your iPod or your phone plugged into your radio and all the music you've got in there on shuffle. What's the one song you've got on your music? player that you do not want to pop up in that moment and have people here blaring over your stereo <laughs> oh boy uh as if i have something like taylor swift or um i i'm sure holy cow i know that there's a <laughs> That would probably surprise some people. Um, listen, I listen to I listen to all genres of music. I'm sure there's there's stuff in there. Maybe there's a Taylor Swift song. I have no idea. Um, but I I do. I listen to all kinds of music. I love Bruno Mars. Um, you know, I have a three year old son, Dash. He can he listens to a lot of the hip hop stuff that I have going. So and can recite a lot of the Black Beatles. I mean, so it's. It's 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 no telling what could pop up. I, I like a lot of music. That's that's a great question. All right. Well, hey, Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. I truly appreciate it. And for our listeners out there, make sure you follow us out on Facebook, on Twitter. You can catch our shows out on YouTube, Spreaker, Stitcher, iTunes, and, and, and much, much more. And on behalf of myself, on behalf of On the Fin Side, if it's not on the right side, if it's not on the left side, it is On the Fin Side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be. Inside. Inside. It ain't the 
left side or the right right side and it must be the fifth left listen dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what brian cat and paul about to do again we rep our team you can't change stop or ruin it all we need